Ghosts of Christmas Presents, a seasonal story, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Chapter 13 The scriptorium down on which Mr Cardiman looks from his office is busy and firelit, but the cloister that runs behind it is dark, cold and quiet. Down the high-arched corridor come hurrying a nun and a novice, sandals slapping against the clammy flagstones, shadows jumping at the walls and the flickering candlelight. Mr Cardiman, the nun says as they walk, assures me that you will be helpful in the initiating of these candidates to the scriptorium and I do not remember him being wrong before. Of course, none of us remember much from before, but definitely not that. They are an unlikely pair, the nun and the novice. The nun is elderly, but moves with a sprightly sharpness, a woman who wastes no movement. The novice must scurry every one or two steps to keep up with her, and is just on the edge of being out of breath. The nun barely notices the gloomy Gothic passage down which they move. The novice seems to have never seen it before, and recoils at every grotesque head that leers out of a corbel. The novice is human, a slightly portly middle-aged man, but the woman is an engraving of a nun on yellowing paper. "'You yourself have been initiated,' says the nun to the novice, although you will not remember this because you have been initiated. Your stories have been told into the record of our library, leaving you an unwritten page in the service of this great project of Mr. Cardamon's. She stops before a door, laying a hand on the iron handle and turning once more to the novice before opening it. This is the only thing you must remember now, she says, that we are now committed to the scriptorium, and this is where our duty lies, in gathering the stories of all into our library. And she opens the door, and ushers the novice into a low room, evidently tucked in somewhere under the scriptorium itself. The room is sparsely furnished, there is a bare wooden table on which stand two candlesticks and a stack of papers, and a fire in a low iron basket in the fireplace. There is a simple wooden cabinet on one wall, and above the mantelpiece a picture of a man in a cosy cardigan looking very smug behind a pipe and a moustache. There are four wooden chairs at the table. Two of them are empty, and in the other two sit, with their backs to the door, a man and a woman, both made out of china. The two China people stand when the door opens, but the nun waves them back into their seats. It might be that the man was about to say something, but the woman lays an admonitory hand on his arm, and he sits again, silent. The nun moves around the table to sit opposite the couple and motions the novice to take the chair next to her. "'Good evening,' says the nun, and picks up the stack of papers, "'and welcome to the scriptorium.' "'Good evening, madam,' says the man. "'Sister,' says the nun. "'Sister,' 
says the man, nodding. Do you understand, says the nun, why you are here? We were brought here, says the man carefully. You were, says the nun, shuffling through the papers, from your first interview where you said next to nothing. She holds up the paper to show them unfilled out forms with blank sections and boxes with crosses in them. So let me ask again, says the nun, do you understand why you are here? You're going to ask us the questions again, says the man. No, says the nun, why you are here. And she waves about her at the walls, the ceiling, the library somewhere beyond them. We thought there'd be stories, says the woman. Tell her there ought to be stories. Oh, there are, says the nun. Stories that have been brought here by visitors, visitors such as you. This library is more than a storehouse. It is a castle of defence against ignorance, a tinderbox of light against the dark. We store the stories of all for the benefit of all. Do you understand why you are here? She says again and immediately answers herself. You are here to commit the most generous and selfless deed any of us could make. To make a little sacrifice of yourselves to build a greater good. To add your stories to the great library of the dead. Tell her I'm saying nothing, says the woman. I'm staying mum. The man keeps staring at the novice as if expecting him to do something. The nun, meanwhile, stacks the papers again and sighs. I quite understand your reluctance, she says. It must all seem very unusual, but all who come to the library do it. I have. The novice here has. She indicates him, and he smiles beatifically at the couple. And we do it quite happily and without being forced to, don't we? Oh, absolutely, says the novice, nodding happily. The couple stare at him expressionless. Let us give you an example, says the nun, pulling out a blank form from the bottom of the pile of papers. The novice here has not yet completed his telling into the record, so perhaps he might tell us a story just to show you there's no harm in it. Oh, absolutely, says the novice, nodding again. The nun waits a moment, and then, when nothing is forthcoming, nods at him encouragingly. Oh, yes, well, uh, absolutely. The novice sits up a bit and looks around the room, until his gaze lights on the portrait above the fireplace. Ah, oh, Mr. Cardiman! <laughs> I should tell you about how I first met Mr. Cardiman. Well, that was just now, when you arrived here, says the nun. Oh, no, says the novice. It was long before that, uh, before I was, uh, I was, I was here. I don't remember quite where I was, to be honest, but I, I remember him. It's been bothering me the whole time, and I only just, just placed it, the, the whole cardigan and, and pipe and, 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 you know, cardiganness of it. The funny thing is, I don't think he was a person. N not then. He, he, he was a, a picture. Actually, 
You know what he was? He, he, he was a piece of card uh, from a packet of knitting patterns. You know what I mean? A, a little packet with, with the card in the front. And, and there he was. Uh, cardigan, pipe, the whole thing. The, the, whole, the whole shebang. It wasn't me that found him. It was uh, uh, Tim, uh, I think, or, or one of the others. The novice is away in his own world now, barely aware of the others and whether they are following his story. No, no, uh, Tim, in a second-hand shop, uh, we were students, you see, and we all thought it was, it was terribly funny. Uh, he was just so patriarchal, you know, uh, with, the, with the pipe and, and whatnot. It was Tim that called him Mr. Cardiman, I think. The novice breaks off for a moment, staring at the portrait on the wall. Extraordinary story, says the nun, before the novice can continue. And quite happy to tell it, aren't you? Oh, says the novice, absent-mindedly, still staring at the portrait. Uh, absolutely. We all share our stories here, says the nun. That is what the library is for. Perhaps uh, I might, begins the man, and the nun nods. Go on. Perhaps I might, he says, careful not to look at the novice. Perhaps I might tell you the story of Mr. Benedict Nail. And now it is the novice's turn to stare at the man. You have been listening to The Ghosts of Christmas Presents, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Mellington. The music is The Path of the Goblin King by Kevin MacLeod of filmmusic.io and our illustrations are by Jamie Lenman. You can find more of our stories at christmasstories.co.uk or wherever you found this podcast and we'd be grateful if you could rate and review us while you're there as well. If you're feeling really generous, we now have a Patreon at patreon.com slash christmasstories where a subscription will get you versions of this story without all these annoying credits and lots of other exclusive material. But all we really want you to do is to listen to the next instalment of The Ghosts of Christmas Presents.